Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, feels like we're speeding through this year, doesn't it? We're already done with Advent and Christmas. We're done with Lent. And now we stand in the Easter season. But that also means that we're also done this year with our yearly Seder meal, our Passover meal where we take time to reflect on the Passover that our Lord had with his disciples. And I don't know, if you've never been, I'll explain this, but one of the things that I really love about the Passover meal, I mean, I love a lot of different things, but one of the things I really love about it is they have this section of the text. Like you're talking about Exodus, you're talking about Moses, and they have this section where they talk about the four children. The four types of children. Now, for those of you that have never been to a Seder meal and have no idea what I'm talking about, let me explain. They, they, they have this way of speaking to the four children. The one child is eager to learn. They want to know. And so they ask questions. The next one is indignant. They don't want to know. They don't care to know. And they don't care about you. They're indignant. The next one wants to know, but they don't really know how to express it in an in-depth way. So they, they ask very simple questions. And then the last child, the last child is the one that doesn't even know enough to phrase a question. They just don't even know. They don't even know where to start. In each of those children, it gives you a way to discuss the, the exodus with Moses. And I have to admit, I love that particular section. Now, I, again, I like all kinds of things, but I do love that particular section. And part of the reason that I love it is because whether or not you are dealing with children right now or whether you were dealing with children 50 years ago, it doesn't matter. That strikes home, doesn't it? It makes sense. We've all dealt with children that have probably been fitting into all four of those categories. Maybe all at the same time if four kids at once come up to you. They all want to know, but they all have different ways in which they want to know. And if I'm really honest, as I reflect upon my own journey of faith, my own, my own walk of faith, if I'm really, really honest, there's probably been times when I've been each of those. Even at times, not even wanting to know the truth. Almost indignant. Other times, eager to learn. Other times, other times, I didn't even know how to word the question. Makes you really reflect upon it, doesn't it? How about you? How has your walk of faith been? Would you fit into one of those criteria? Would you fit into all of those criteria? As you reflect upon your own walk of faith and your own journey of faith, where would you think you are now? What about five years ago? What about ten years ago? Could it be that somewhere in your past you were almost indignant when it came to faith and religion? Church, not again. And yet here you are, 180 degrees the other direction. Now all of a sudden you're eager and zealous to learn. Or maybe even now you get frustrated. Or maybe you don't even know how to word the question. You just don't know. You see, it's not just children, is it? It's us as well. 
And it makes us reflect not just on how people over the years have talked to us, but also on how we have talked to other people. I know it always sounds good to just go out on the street corner with, a, with a, one, of those, one of those speakers and just start blasting the gospel, but the reality is, is even when we think about our own personal walks of faith, would that really have worked? Would we really have stopped and listened, or would we have been almost indignant that this person is standing in my way when I'm trying to get somewhere, making me feel guilty, or what have you? You know, as we approach the gospel lesson today, John 16, there are so many things that we can talk about, so many things that we can discuss. But one of the really interesting things is that Jesus, this whole time, has been telling the disciples exactly what he's going to do. He is going to Jerusalem. He is going to die. He is going to rise again. He's been almost blatant with it. And even earlier on in this chapter, right in the very first verses of chapter 16, he tells the disciples that the world is going to hate him. They are going to absolutely despise him. But it's like the disciples don't get it. They don't get it. To some degree, I kind of understand. Put yourself in their shoes a little bit. You're walking around with this man, this rabbi, this man who understands scriptures and who, who enlightens you in ways that you've never even thought possible. He performs miracles, but he also speaks in parables sometimes. And sometimes some of the things he says are just confusing. And now all of a sudden he starts talking about how he's going to go and die and rise again. The disciples don't get it. They just don't get it. And so almost like the four children, Jesus begins to talk to them differently. He doesn't give them a bunch of details or, or fill them with all this stuff. Instead, he says, I'm going to go away for a little while and then I'll be back. You're going to suffer for a little while and then there's going to be joy. He even uses the illustration of a pregnant woman giving birth in all the pain and anguish that's changed over to joy. He's talking to the disciples in a way that they can understand, even though they don't understand. They don't see the big picture. They don't see all the ins and outs and all the details. But even then, there's confusion, isn't there? What is he talking about? What does he mean, a little while? What does that even mean? How does that even work? It's almost like they don't even know how to phrase the question. And so Jesus responds even more. There's going to be suffering, but there's going to be joy. As we go on our own journeys of faith, as we do this walk of faith, as we venture out and go forward in faith, it's important to remember this. To remember, first of all, that our Lord is with us. He is with us always. Our Lord will come down to our level. Our Lord is with us no matter what we're going through, no matter where we're at, whether we are eager and zealous to learn, even at times if we've been indignant, our Lord is there with us. But it's also a bit of a statement for how we as Christians are to be, isn't it? 
How are we as we venture out in this journey of faith? What happens if we run into somebody and they happen to be indignant? What happens if we run into somebody who's never even heard of Jesus or, or at the very least doesn't know anything about the Christian church? Are we going to fill them up with every detail known to mankind? Or are we going to say, it's just a time to worship our Lord and Savior? Oh, do you need to know more about our Savior? Let us explain. Are we going to take the time to come down to wherever they happen to be to help them to further and better understand? Or are we just going to fill them with details and then walk on? How are we going to act? How are we going to be? That's for you to decide as we venture out on this journey of faith. We have our own place of where we're at, but we also have people that we're going to run into, that we're going to talk to, that we're going to be around. But in all of these things, whether it's us talking to somebody or whether we're sitting in our own homes in prayer, it's just important to remember. It's important to remember that our Lord and Savior is with us, that He loves us, that he died for us, that we could be with him for eternity, but also that he lived, died for them and for others. And it's important for us as Christians not to just think about our own journeys of faith, but also the journey that is going on all around us, in our work, in our home, at times even in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.